We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Hey, Buff Nation. Voice of the Boss, Mark Johnson here. Welcome to the Buffs Inside Zoner podcast here at the University of Colorado where we catch up with former Buffs. But we've got a good one today. When you think back... In the history of Colorado football, there certainly are not many guys in the defensive side, and specifically in the secondary, that uh, can put the kind of resume together with the guy we've got here today. He was an All-American. He played for the Buffaloes from 1991 to 1994. He was one of two Thorpe Award winners at the University of Colorado. The great Chris Hudson, number 47, joining us here for a few minutes. Chris, great to catch up with you. How are you? I'm doing fine. Doing, doing fine. Doing great. It's kind of a crazy time. We're all learning about uh, what it means to quarantine and stay at home and, and uh, being around the family quite a bit. I imagine you're, you're uh, facing those challenges like the rest of us right now. <laughs> yeah, about force, right? Nah, nah, nah. It's going good. <laughs> you know, you learn things about your kids that you didn't know. You're learning, well, some of the things that you didn't know. <laughs> about your kids, you're learning, and, and you're thanking the teachers every day. I tell you that much. <laughs> have you had to uh, – now, I don't know the age of your kids, and I apologize, but have you had to be a uh, at-home parent-teacher like a lot of folks have? Uh, most definitely. Had to be, uh, get your teaching skills together. My wife's been doing it mostly. Uh, I lead it up to her. I just fit in. I just fill in when I can. Sure. That's about it. Yeah. Well, I tell you what, I'd imagine most parents I talk to have had to do the home teaching. Mine are all out of the house now, so I don't have to do it. But uh, they have gotten a whole new respect for what teachers have to go through when you start teaching your own kids, don't you? <laughs> oh, yeah, you got to respect them because it's so funny. You sit up there and you're like, did I take this class? <laughs> <laughs> if my kid 
get it like in middle school, and he comes with all kinds of things. I'm like, listen, buddy, I don't even remember taking biology or algebra in middle school. You know, so it's, it's, that part is pretty funny. Yeah, you know? it's a good thing we good thing we have Google for things like that, so we can look those up for our kids. Oh yeah, yeah. One time he asked me a, a question like, 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 Dad, how you do this? And he looked up. I was still looking at him. I'm like, Dude. <laughs> Outstanding. No, no. It's kind of like when I ask him to do yard work, right? And I'm, I'm like, go get this for me. He look, he looking at me like I don't know what that is. You know, <laughs> so I gave him that same look during this time. <laughs> well, I, I think for a lot of us, it's been an education for both the kids and the parents. Uh, oh, most definitely. Yeah, the last few months. But it's been enjoyable, though. It's been very enjoyable with them, okay. and with them, like, really looking in depth at their personality because they can only hide so long. Usually, they with us about what three hours a day. Right. Yeah, you see him the whole like at least sixteen, fifteen hours a day, yeah. and it's just kind of funny because you really see because they can't hide that personality too much longer. You know, especially <laughs> when you got middle schoolers that's coming up and you kind of looking at them. I have a daughter and that's in a second grade going to third grade, so she's gonna be who she's gonna be. But that eighth grader, you know, he can't keep it hidden too much longer. You know, right, right, and, and then you start to realize, uh, you know, you can't get upset with them too much because you realize they're acting just like you were when you were that age. <laughs> Exactly right. <laughs> <laughs> my wife laughed about that also. <laughs> it is just so funny because I mean you see it all. Like man, golly, I, listen, I can tell you how to do that a little bit better, but <laughs> yeah, I, I saw something on Twitter here a short time ago where a guy said after spending this much time with his kids, he called his mom and dad and apologized to them for all he had done to them. <laughs> <laughs> I think all of us should do that. Yeah, I think so. All of us should. I think so. Well, hey, let's reminisce a little bit. You you spent time, of course, at the University of Colorado that, you know, I I don't think it's – you can say anything, but it was the golden era of Colorado football. You were coming in on the tail end of a national championship, wrapped things up in 1994. When you look back at your time at CU, do you just – do you have a big smile on your face? Oh, yeah, every time, man. The guys, that was so – I mean, so – Great. I mean, that's that's where your real friends kind of came from, you know. Everybody was there um, together, um, had the same come and go, come from the same. You know, a lot of us come. A lot of us came from the same same um, background. Sure. So it really. Um, so just being there, growing up, you know, with those guys, you miss it so much. You know, like with Alpha Williams, um, uh, Michael Westbrook. I mean. Yeah. DJ, D-Train, a bunch of those guys, Blake Anderson. It was just so much fun. Now, you came in from Houston, Texas, and you came in be- behind Alfred. Well, was, was he one of the reasons you came to Colorado? Or how did that happen? Coming probably, from- Alfred probably was one of the reasons why. Because I remember in the ninth grade, me and Alfred, Alfred we was in the same conference. Okay. And I remember coming in the ninth grade, we played him in basketball and seeing him playing basketball. And I was like, God, that guy's kind of good. And I, I heard of him, but, you know, you're in the ninth grade, you're kind of wide-eyed, so sure. you're finding out who people are. So Alfred always had that smile, man, and then to come up and see him, he probably don't even rip, He don't know that. I don't think Alfred even know that. But I remember in the ninth grade seeing him in the twelfth grade. I'm like, wow, man, look at him. He's good. <laughs> and I just remember seeing how good he was in basketball. And also seeing Canavis. I saw Canavis, too. Sure. And, um... From there, when I went on, came there in, in the recruiting trip, and I was with Alfred, it just made me. I, I knew instantly, like instantly, that I was coming there. It, mm. it wasn't nothing. I think I took the other trips just to make sure Colorado was real. Sure. And it, and it really had nothing to do with 
Um, I mean, it had something to do with winning, but just the atmosphere of how I felt on the inside. Like, it was almost like getting married, right? <laughs> like, this is it. This is just it. And I wanted to go on the other trips just to make sure that that was it. That that was so it wasn't going to the other schools to see that maybe let me see what you know what Michigan has you know or Notre Dame has. It's just like let me make sure Colorado is is what I really felt, and that's yeah. why I went on those other trips. But but if I had to do it all over again, when you know you made the right choice, if I had to do it all over again, I'd have done the same thing. But Alpha was a big big part of that. I, I mean, just just like I said, seeing him and then coming up and. And um, the way he made me feel is just—it was remarkable, and it, it was just words couldn't even speak of it. Like I said, it was like marriage at first sight. You right, know? right. You just knew right away. I yeah. knew right away. I yeah. mean, when I say right away, I didn't like you get there on a Friday, you go out to dinner, and and just that Friday, it's like I knew. <laughs> wow. It wasn't even a game that weekend. I just knew that that was it. Like this is it. This is the school. Just what I felt. You know, just that attitude that went, and it was like a, it was like a, um, it was like knowing that you was gonna do what you was gonna do. It wasn't a, it was a certain cockiness, but it was a certain humbleness too. It was like a mixture too, yeah. which really felt good. You know. Now, now, was football always your best sport, or were you pretty good at something else? Uh, play basketball. You know, everybody thinks they're good basketball players, right? Or, <laughs> or, uh, I'm a, I was a chess guy. Okay. And then a checkers guy, you know, you always think you're good at those things. Right. But football is probably the most thing I probably concentrated on. I took that to every sport. So if I played basketball, if I would play basketball to work on my footwork, and I would make sure that I worked on my footwork because of football, you know. Sure. So that was a way to keep my footwork together and different things. I liked it. You know, like I said, everybody thinks they're basketball players, you know. <laughs> and and football players think so, rather. Yeah. And just, just – doing that but basketball was my second second love heck chris i still think i'm a basketball player at 52 years old (laughs) (laughs) not so much i always play my i always play my son to three (laughs) (laughs) the older he gets the lesser points he said he used to play with your 10 i'm like nah buddy three yeah i was gonna say now and now you know when you know that he's getting real close to beating you that'll be the last time you guys play right Oh, yeah, 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 that's the last time. But we at that point, that's why I take it to three. And the first one, always, he always give me the ball, I hear up and shoot it. That's one. <laughs> that's what you call experience like right that. there. Yeah. Hey, when you got to campus at the University of Colorado, I mean, you were walking into arguably the best program in America at that point in time. I'd imagine when you got there, the bar was set very high. The expectations must have been, you know, through the roof for all of you guys who were coming in as freshmen. Yeah, when, when you first kind of got there, you kind of, um, when I, you know, we had to come in early because of the P-Skin Classic. Right. So I remember coming in. So we was basically like to the, we had to, we was early than any other school probably because, except Tennessee. That's when they started the P-Skin Classic, I guess. And when we came in, I mean, it, everything was, um, we went straight to a hotel. Was, I think that's what I remember. And 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 just we started working. I I just remember it being real long. Like man, this is long. Two a days. It was, it was just long. But because of that, because of that early season, it was. But I was kind of I was more impressed of the the work ethic of them. Like I came, I was fortunate enough to have the same type of coach from high school to college. Okay. And um, it was really it was 
So I was used to hard work, but the speed of it was was different. But also the love, because I had never been on a winning team like that before. Right. So just the respect they had for each other, but also the love they had for each other. So, so that how, was different for me, but I really enjoyed it. You know, you have friends that you have on teams, and you kind of like, okay, these are my buddies, you know. Yep. But it seemed like everybody loved everybody, you know. So that was the fun part about it. And everybody, you can tell that throughout the jokes and, and, and the laughter, that everybody had the same common goal, and that was like to win, period. Yeah. <laughs> and that was it. So, so you get there and have a chance during that championship season really to watch and learn, didn't you? Yeah, I was on the scout team a lot. I was on scout team because I registered, right? right? So I would cover Pritchard every day. Wow. So uh, wherever he went, I kind of went because I used to try to, like, 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 even though it was my registered year, I still wanted to work. So that was my way of work because I had never sat out during a season before. So I, I just took it as these, these are my three days of season, you know, instead of having one game. I can just like work on whatever I'm working on during this time, and that's that's how I took it. So I took it pretty practice, pretty serious, because of that of red shirt. You know, you can burn inside and want to play. It got to a point where, that, especially at the beginning of the season, you're like, man, I want to play, man, I want to play. <laughs> so you see, like, like McLuhan and 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 Dion and and David Gibbs, and you see them, and you hoping and Ronnie Bradford and D Train, and when you see them, you're like, man, I wish. You know, you feel like you want to play, but that fire starts to burn down a little bit. Like, son, you need to go work. You know what I mean? <laughs> so that's why I started started right. really taking it serious and working because I knew I had to. I just had to get better, and so that's the way I just, like I said, I just challenged myself every time. And I remember, like I said, having uh, Pritchard over there and just trying to go wherever he went because I used to see what he did to people. So I figured if I can cover him, man, I can I can get up. And I didn't I didn't do a good job at it, but I just worked. Every day until I could, you know, have some confidence to make sure that the next year, the next year, that I will be ready. You know, there, there's always an adjustment, uh, and I don't care who you are, where you come from. When you're a freshman and you walk into that kind of situation with that much talent around you, there is there's there's got to be a process to getting to understanding that yeah, I can play at this level with these guys. Do you remember a moment? Maybe it happened uh, not your redshirt season. Maybe it was your redshirt freshman campaign. I don't know, but was there a moment where you thought? Okay, yeah, I can play at this level with these kind of fellas. Well, it's just well, well, seeing Pritchard and seeing what he was doing and trying to um, try, trying to cover him, I just remember like at some point that that I could feel myself getting better, you know, and I can feel I can see it in his eyes because he might have said something to me that I was getting better. So I figured that, you know, you still got your confidence and you still try to, but that's worked on every day, you know, every day. And like I said, every time I strapped up and I went out there, it wasn't a day that I, that I wasn't ready to work, you know. And and the thing is, is that I was trying to get to a point because I had a goal in my head, you know, that I had set, you know, because I didn't like sitting out a year. But I knew I had to because of the talent level, right, that I knew I wasn't there, not like those guys, you know. And just seeing them in the game, looking, it was always a learning process. But going through the same things, you know? Yeah. No, that makes sense. You know, you look at your career. So you get there in 1990. Buffalo's going to be 11-1-1, win a national championship. You go through an eight-win season, a nine-win season, an eight-win season. 
And then that 1994 campaign comes around. And I've always loved during my 16 years with the Buffaloes, hearing the arguments between 90 and 94 about which was the which was the better team. You're one of the few guys that was connected to both of them. Where where do you fall in that uh, argument when it goes back? Yeah, and I mean, I think I think African and Canadians, I already know they kind of, you know, they always gave us, you know, they knew that we were better, you know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, it was. I mean, I mean, you know, you might hear those arguments, but I feel like those guys I already know. I mean, that matter of fact, you can ask the guys from '91. <laughs> 92 and 93, they'll tell you, you know? <laughs> yeah, right. Nah, right. but I I thought it would have gave us, those guys, they had a a, 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 a a greediness, you know? I thought we was probably more athletic, huh. but they had a greediness as a whole. You know, it's like they all had that come and go. And with us, I think we had it, but we didn't have a season like 89, that could help us get to that 90 atmosphere. Sure. Make any sense? Yeah. So they had a taste of it in 89, but what happened to them, I can tell they vowed that that would never happen again. (laughs) So with us, I don't think we – I mean, it could be a toss-up, but to me, that's just how I feel. Not saying that we would have went in and not played our hardest, but I just think that they – kind of like with the Bulls and the Detroit, the Bulls needed that. You know what I mean? And I think, like just like uh, uh, Colorado in '89, they needed that to get up tonight. But we was we was part of the seeing the '90 season on how they carried themselves, the gritty and grinders. So we had it because we saw that they what they inst- what they had. You know what I mean? We didn't we didn't have to go through the '89 to to feel it because they made it they they made it they made you feel it in '90. Right. What wasn't gonna happen. Do that kind of make sense? I know no, it's kind of yeah. crazy, but 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 you know we got the spoilers of it, but we also remembered it too. So that, that's why I think we got the edge because we had we was probably more athletic than them. That nineteen ninety four season is is really a fascinating year. You guys were so wildly talented on both sides of the ball. I mean NFL guys everywhere. You you early in the year you beat the stuffings out of a top-10 team in in the Wisconsin. You, you do uh, what you did at Michigan with the miracle of Michigan, all that went along with that. Uh, you destroyed number 22, Oklahoma. There's the one loss to Nebraska. Uh, you finish the season strong and beat up on Notre Dame in the Fiesta Bowl. What stands out about that 1994 season as you look back on it all these years later? Um, it was the guys, you know, the journey with the guys. With sports, with me, I never looked at it as, you know, sports is something we did, but it was the relationships and the way you felt about a person. That I've always taken that part with me more than the sports, believe it or not. Um, The sports, that was important, uh, but the relationships was more important to me, just knowing how you felt about them guys. I mean, mean, it was like it was a four-year relationship, right? Five-year relationship that, you know, you all grew up together, you seen things, you hurt together, you hurt together. You hurt mentally, you hurt heart-wise, you know, um, things weren't going your way, you know, and everything is just, it really felt, um, those are the things that you, that you miss. And then looking in guys' eyes and knowing that you're going to go out to work, but knowing that that guy's accountable no matter what factor or what 
the weather, the situ- the circumstance, anything, any situation, I'm sorry, that you've seen, you just knew that um, that, that guy was going to be accountable. Yeah. And it's just having that relationship uh, that you miss or having friends like that that you miss more than anything because life, you know, life kicks in at some point. But that's mostly what I miss. It's, it's the sport, you know, the age part that was going to, you know, that's everybody's going to grow old and, and different things like that. Their skills are going to diminish and different. That's life. But it's the things in your heart that always stay the same to me. It always kind of stayed the same, you know, the love you have for those guys. But those things are is the things I really miss, you know. Like me and Westbrook, we talk all the time. It's just being in that, you know, we used to talk all the time, hang out, me and the CJ. And it's just the relationships. Uh, with yeah. D-Train the same way, with Dion just sitting there, you know, nobody's um, don't have the money to go out and do anything. But it's just the relationship that you miss because the conversations, those, 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 those things are never – those, those things you can, nobody can ever take from you. you Chris, know? You're, you're touching on something I think that's kind of interesting because in recent years, football's been beaten up a little bit for various reasons uh, about the game and, and the violence of it and those kind of things. It is a game, though, that, that really teaches you something, doesn't it? I, I think that's kind of what you're trying to get to here. Yeah, it, it really is. It, it just teaches you about life. Uh, I had some businesses, and I got to tell you, when you hire people or you find out people play sports, it makes it so much easier because it, it, cause you can relate to them like, oh, that person will be accountable, that, that person is disciplined, that person is uh, loyal, you know, those different things. And not saying every team, you know, felt that way, but that's just the experience I had. Yeah. Yeah, good stuff. Take it into, you know, you take it, in, you take it into life with you, you know. And, yeah. and I, I got to tell you, you had a great leader in, in, in Coach McCartney. I mean, we still text to this day. <laughs> yeah. Well, well, let me ask you about that because you you were on his final team. So ninety four is wrapping up. Uh, Rashawn's on his way to the Heisman Trophy. You're getting the the Thorpe Award. The the bumps are in the top ten. Had been there all season long. And November nineteenth, Iowa State. Rashawn goes over two thousand yards. And Zim and I have talked about this many times. He said he's up in the booth. And he starts hearing reports. That Bill McCartney, that phenomenal leader that you and all those hundreds of guys uh, had been uh, impacted by, is going to retire that day or announce his retirement. Kind of take us back to that day and how that was affecting you guys as a team. Well, I don't remember that personally day because Rashawn kind of shadowed a lot of that. Sure. I mean, you know, because Rashawn, what he had done. But I just remember him saying it, and I was like, wow. You know, I was just, I was surprised, but I understood it. Yeah. Young as I was, you know, I understood because he hit it every day. I mean, Coach McCarthy, he hit it every day. Um, he was a great, great – he influenced us so much, you know. We were run through a wall for that man. Mm. And it's just – it was his time. And, and and I don't even remember the conversation as far as him telling the team. But I do remember um, 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 the aftershocks of it. And I just remember as now – uh, the aftershocks of him um, uh, having his time to do what he want to do now, you know. Mm-hmm. But but because you because it's so much that that goes into football, and I'm pretty sure everybody know you know everybody that coaches you know uh, players know that because if we put in a lot of time just playing and watching film and different things like that, I can you can't even imagine how how much work the coaches is doing, right? You know? Right. You know, I, I've talked to so many guys, and I remember a, a conversation I had with Rashawn 
a number of years ago before he passed where I asked him about the impact Bill had on him. And I, I've asked that question of, of more guys than I can think of uh, and I heard so many great answers. Can you verbalize what it was about Bill McCartney and all of you guys coming from very different backgrounds and being very different types of people, and yet he, he was able to make a connection and bring all of you guys together? What was it about Bill McCartney? What characteristic was it that he was able to do that? Um, he's First of all, he's a man's man, right? He's like a man's man. What I right. mean by that, I feel like I'm a man, but it's like, God, he's so much more than that to me. Um, he was like a father figure. I mean, a lot of his ways uh, I've adopted to in my way of life, in my way of thinking also. Um, he was a man of his word. He never compromised. And you just, he was a man's man. Like, like you know, some people say, man, that's a man, you know. Yeah. But when a man say that's a man, that's a different type of, you know, uh, man. Right. Um, and, and I always wondered, how, you know, like, man, he he got, he get a hundred guys, and he got to deal with all these different personalities. But he bring everybody's focus down to one road. You know, that has mm. to be a hard thing. But I think through his um, his experiences, he was able to to do that. But he, the thing is, I think the truth to, of of to himself, you know. And he made himself vulnerable to us. Yeah. And so whenever you're vulnerable to a kid, and that pulls a kid more to you because most people, you know, a kid can tell when you're lying to them. A kid can know if you're fake or know that you're not real. A kid can know that. And these days, especially a kid just, say, five or six, seven years old, they can tell when you don't like them. Right. Even they come in the room and they interact with you. They just know because they never they – never, um, uh, labor from their, they, they they never go away from their feelings, what they feel in their heart, like intuition. People call it intuition. Right. Well, with Bill McCartney, it was the same thing. He just he laid it all out on the line, you know, and you just knew his word was true. You know, you touch on something that over the course of of my you know sixteen years at CU, getting to know Coach Mack, the word that that hit me years ago with him was he's authentic. He is what he is. He does not compromise that. Not everybody enjoys it or likes it, but he is. And, and to your point about you're able to trust him. When somebody is a coach like that or a leader of, of, in your case, young men back then, when they're authentic and there's no gray area, it's easy to respect that person, isn't it? Even if you don't always agree with him. Right, right. You know what he wants, and that's just what it is. And he wants the best out of you, Yeah. you know? Yeah. And you just kind of, you know, I mean – the, the, I mean, the guy even had, I mean, Coach McCartney, he had a class on, I mean, after, I, I remember going to practice and, and coming out two days, and, and he had etiquette classes for us doing camp. And I was like, what is this for? You know, it's kind of funny because you're like, looking like, why do we need this? You know, not knowing that he knew we was going into another period of our life, let it make you make it pros or not make it pros. Right. Uh, whatever part you was going to, you you're gonna need to know what part to eat with, what uh, how to uh, how to um, um, pull out the chair for the woman. I mean, it's just. I mean, he taught us so much more than football. Right. And it's. I mean, and I'm pretty sure anybody that was under his under his um, um, under his guidance, they would. I mean, it's so many words that you can describe a man, but it's like you said, it's gonna come down to authentic. 
And the thing is, is that he is not compromising yourself. I mean, it's just mm. so much that he taught you of being a man, you know? Yeah. Hey, let, let me hit on a couple of highlights from that 94 season. Just, just get a, a quick thought from you on H1. The miracle at Michigan. I, I've talked to Cordell about that. He says I get asked about it all the time. You were in that game. Uh, one of the great moments in college football history. Give us a quick thought about that game uh, in Ann Arbor, Michigan on September 24th of 1994. I, <laughs> I felt, I, I mean, you can see that. You can feel something that was about to happen. I, I think that was that good intuition. <laughs> I just knew because anytime you have Michael Westbrook at the end, and, and as long as Cardell can get it down there, yeah. I mean, I thought, I think so much of Michael Westbrook. He has to be probably the best athlete that I've ever seen in my life. Right. Dealing with pros and everything. And I just knew and that that I just had the feeling, you know. But I wasn't going to bet the house on it now. But I just, <laughs> maybe it was a more of a hope thing of uh, hoping that we would do it, you know. But I knew we had the capability of, of doing it. But I was so happy when that happened. You know, I wasn't surprised, but I was surprised that that make any sense. <laughs> no, no, it makes sense. Yeah, the miracle of Michigan, one of the great moments in college football history. Oh, yeah, the, yeah, yeah, and, and Michael, man, I'm telling you, that oh. that was just a – I mean, he's such a phenomenal athlete, man. I mean, he's my best friend out here, but it's just – he's just – man, he just he's, – he's, man, he was a – he's a talent. He's still a talent. Okay. Chris, the good Lord don't make like many that look like that now. I know. That's what I said. I tell my son. My son saw me. He's like, golly. I was like – when he said that, I said, and then some. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, Chris, I uh, you know, and, and Lavisca Chenault just came through, and, and he is of that same ilk, if you will. And I always said about him, and I think it applies to Michael Westbrook. I'm not sure what planet those fellows come from, but I'm not sure it's Earth. I can tell you that much. Oh yeah, most definitely, man. <laughs> Somebody really God touched them, buddy. Yep, no and, doubt. Hey, we gotta make this like this, and it's like golly, man. Because <laughs> <laughs> Michael, man, I just when he used to eat fruity pebbles, man. I used to, man how do you eat that and just? Look like that all the time. <laughs> I couldn't figure it out. Like, yeah, eat a pot full of fruity pebbles and just cocoa puffs. That's what it was. And he would just, I'm like, you going to eat the whole box? And I'm like, yeah. your brain's popping out of your stomach. <laughs> See, Popeye had spinach and Michael Westbrook had cocoa puffs. Who knew? Cocoa puffs. <laughs> and I'm like, look at his brain's in his stomach, man. He just, <laughs> golly. <laughs> Oh, genetics are an amazing thing, no doubt about it. Hey, let me ask you about you. So you guys are rolling through that season. Um, you, you come out of a win at home over Kansas State, and you're unblemished on the season, and the biggest matchup in America that season was Colorado at Nebraska. And you guys suffered your only loss that year, which took you then ultimately out of the national championship picture. What do you remember about that game? I don't. I just remember being really just mad, like, man, I can't believe we lost. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, because we we was we was I mean, we had a great team and 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 they just put it together that day, you know? Right. And we didn't. And I just remember being so mad, like, man, I can't believe this, but you, you know, you got to give them props, man. I mean, they they might not have been as athletic as we were, but they were they kept it together. They yeah. kept it the X and O's and 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 it's just not you know, one thing is that especially when you lose or what have you, it's not a knock on the coaches, it's not a knock on the players, it's just th- th- probably that ten percent that we both 
you know, uh, that coach can say, I could have called a better plays, and that player could have said, well, yeah. I could have played a little bit better. Well, that little bit cost us. You know what I mean? And I'm pretty sure everybody in their heart thinks like they could have did something different, you know? You bet. You bet. And and you always, you know, but and, and those things you, you tend to kind of get out of your mind because you just kind of try to move forward. You know, especially as a defensive back, right? You always, you're taught to do that anyway. That's right. But it's, you just kind of do that. So I, I don't even remember the game hmm. at all. Hmm. Interesting. So, well, what did it mean I for mean, you and, and, and that day in 2016, and I was seeing that day when you got inducted into the CU Athletic Hall of Fame. Well, what did that mean when your institution, your program, calls you back and says, we're going to induct you in the Hall of Fame uh, for all time that people can come by and, and read about what Chris Hudson meant to this program? What did that mean to you? Uh, that meant a lot. That meant a whole lot to me. You know, life had got in the way, so I hadn't got back much. But when they said that, I mean, I just saw it from a different light, you know, and I was just like, wow. Because I, I had never thought of myself like that. I never looked at it like that. Um, I just enjoyed the times. I never looked back and kind of like smell the roses. I just enjoyed the times that I'm in it. And when they said that, and I remember getting that text, and I was like, what? <laughs> and then out. But it made me so proud because I know that that and it, it that like Alfred Williams and Cliff Branch, like you hear those names. Hagen yep. was a great. Whew, I just remember just like wow, man, I can't, I couldn't believe it, you know. And then Michael, it happened the same day, and me and Michael talked, and I was like, man, this is crazy, That's you know cool. what I mean? That's cool. And the thing is, is that to be inducted like those with those guys, the young figures, and all those. It was just an honor just to be um, – because you never look at your play as your play, like, man, I'm good or this and that. But you know the people that's in there is good. So it's like, man, they got me up there with them. <laughs> like, I can't believe that. Like, with Alfred, all these done, Dion. So I'm, you you kind of look at it like that, you know, like, man, they must – I think I was good, you know. Yeah. <laughs> well, I tell you, I, like I, looking at it like that, so I was, I was surprised. I was very happy about it, very happy. Then I was happy my kids got to see it, and because we never talk about football, like with my son, and huh. I never talk about like football. Just he plays basketball and and um, what is that? Uh, soccer. Okay. So and we just never talk about anything that I've done. I never say anything about it. And when he, I guess when he was able to see it, he kind of like, wow, you know, he was surprised. Sure. He was surprised to see that I had made it. He was surprised because he had never seen footage, but now he, I can kind of see him now looking at footage, different things like that, <laughs> uh, things that I've done. See, you were always just dad, and then all of a sudden he thought, holy cow, this guy was acting. Exactly that can't be my dad happened. up there, can it? <laughs> That's exactly what happened. He just was like, like he never looked at me as a football player because I never brought it up to him. Like right. near the old days or anything like that, I would just go through teaching him about life. You know, I would try to coach his basketball teams and different things like that. But other than that, he never, he mm. never, he never brought it up, and I never bring it up. And that's just we were just living the ways of life. But now I can see him kind of looking and asking questions and different things like that. So I tell him now anything that's... that he wants to know. Um, we watched the game the other day with Colorado, nice. you know, uh, played Notre Dame. Yeah. He sat in there and watched it with me. And he wanted to watch it. He said, he was playing. I said, mm, but you need to watch this, buddy. <laughs> 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 I say, this is why I went. Because, you know, the game, the 89 game was there before. Yeah. And he was like, yeah, but they lost. I said, 
uh, I wish I had the whole season. You can see. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> like, right. They were so bad. You know, they were so good. So he was looking at Hagen. I pointed out Alfred to him. I said, you see it? him right there? And Hagen, and he would see it. It's just, man, it was just remarkable to him. I bet that was a great education. But I probably was smiling more than he was. <laughs> you probably were. That I had when I was there. <laughs> see what I'm saying? <laughs> so I probably was smiling more. Like, I just remember that game, especially being down there at the championship and how it felt and hearing that bum when someone scored and how, man, it was just, golly, that was so remarkable. <laughs> yeah. Great memories, no doubt about it. Hey, oh, before yeah, before we let you go here, uh, you know, the Buffs program has had so much change here recently, of course. We had a, a coach who came in for one year, and now Carl Durrell is in there as a head coach, and we're all just tickled to have Carl because he's a, he's a buff. He's loved that program. He's had the house there in Boulder for a number of years. He loves Boulder. I wonder, what, what, what's your view as you look at CU right now and coming out of this craziness we're dealing with, uh, COVID and all that, but uh, knowing that Carl Durrell and Rick George are there kind of leading that program, how do you feel about things? I think I think I think the program is going to go up. Um, um, Coach Burrell, he's always been like a quiet killer. You know what I mean? Yes. He just yes. gets the job done. He's quiet. Don't need to talk much. Um, he's always you know had it together because he taught Mike now. You know, uh, Westbrook them uh, on the receiver side. That's right. So I remember seeing him talking to him, and I think he's going to do a great job. You know, I think he's he's going to you know take his time. He's going to do what he needs to do. I think he's a great leader, and you know, Rick. Rick always gonna make things happen, man. That yep. that got to be the best athletic director around. Okay, Amen. he's gonna be able. Rick know how to make things happen. He always has, and I got full confidence in him. But uh, with Coach Burrell, I think he's gonna do a great job. I think he's all in, which is good. You know, ten toes in. He's he's all in, and he's a committed man. You know, and you can see that. And uh, he's been around. And I think he's going to do a great job. I think he's going to do a remarkable job. Yeah, I agree with you 100%. Chris, it has been great catching up and reminiscing a little bit about a great period in Colorado football history. Hey, blessings to you and the family, and uh, you guys just uh, stay safe and make sure you let us know when you're going to be back in Boulder again. All right, thank you so much, and watch out for those mountain lions now. <laughs> I, I, I certainly will. <laughs> Chris and I were talking about uh, the little ranch I've got up in the mountains. He was asking me about mountain lions here a while ago. Well, great to catch up with the great Chris Hudson, a Thorpe Award winner, All-American, and one of the greatest buffs in Colorado football history. Wrapped up his career in that phenomenal season, 11-1 of 1994. Great stuff today on the Buffs Inside Zone. I'm voice of the boss, Mark Johnson. Thanks for joining us. We'll talk to you next time. One, two, three, four. Those are numbers, but you already knew that. If you want to know what number you're going to pay each month for your car, use Kelly Blue Book My Wallet on AutoTrader. They're really good at numbers. AutoTrader.